What is up, everybody? Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're talking about all the news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con. Phase 4 slate has been announced. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we're going to have a guest host with us today. David C. Robertson from the DC On Screen podcast is going to be joining me to go over the San Diego Comic-Con details. Let's do it. Chocolate. You, you said to throw in some flavor if I felt like it. I did. I regret it. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. <laughs> I'm David C. Robertson. What's up, David C. Robertson? Welcome to the podcast. Hadn't had you on in a while. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, it, it's good. And, uh, and also, it feels very uh, normal because now we do the Star Trek podcast together. So this feels like an old shoe. Yep, an old raggedy shoe that you should have thrown away years ago. I, w- I wasn't talking about our friendship. I was just talking about like the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave's going to help me out. Unfortunately, Jeff is sick today. I-, I couldn't wait to get something out about San Diego Comic Con. So much news. The slate has been announced. I can't believe it. Uh, I think first thing we should do is run down the slate. What do you think? Just like yeah, go go down what's what's being announced and throw just like initial. Initial comments on what we think about each of these, like the uh, on a macro level. So we got Black Widow. Yeah, May first, May first, twenty twenty. So this mm-hmm. is going to be the longest time we've had between Marvel movies in a while. July to May, it's been a long time, and I, I feel like that's very deliberate to uh, give us a gap. But Black Widow finally getting her own movie. Absolutely, and man, I, I, I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, I really dig that Yelena Belova's in it, and I feel like they're going to pass the torch. I think this probably is Scarlett Johansson's final uh, MCU movie. So I'm I'm really excited about that. Given the events of Endgame, I think that's very likely that this is her last. A lot of people talked about how she was kind of short-shrifted in Avengers Endgame. Um, she got her death, but it wasn't nearly with the fanfare that Cap and Tony did, mm. um, I think. And I mean, it was sad, but like, it it wasn't it wasn't nearly as epic. And it happens in the middle of the movie, and she doesn't get to participate in that big last battle. Like, it, it was just kind mm-hmm. of a bummer. Um, and so, I think this will give more weight to her death. And I think that's nice that we're going to get like kind of a swan song from her. Yeah, I, I agree. Really cool. So, uh, the, the, keep it keeping it moving down the slate. Uh, we're going to have. Our first Disney Plus series. That's right, and I, I do think it's funny. You know, everyone there there, there are a number of uh, MCU fans who claim that the Netflix shows and the ABC shows aren't canon, and all the other you know myriad Marvel shows aren't canon to the MCU. And I think this is the first time we've actually seen TV shows in the freaking Phase slate. For sure, yeah. This is an entirely new way of making shows, and I mean, this is coming from the movie studio. This is mm-hmm. not going to be a separate. Uh, I think that the TV shows up till now have been canon, but they have not been able to be tied together mm-hmm. the way we all wanted them to. Um, right. Very very small nods have been made. Uh, <laughs> did you like in in um, in Endgame? Or, or in 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 end game, uh, there was the great nod to Agent Carter, Jarvis, Jarvis, yeah. Jarvis being in it. That mm-hmm. was really really cool. Um, Absolutely. Even in Captain Marvel, I don't. Do you know about Blackout being in that? 
Oh, Captain Marvel and Blackout. No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't notice that. Yeah, th- there was a Blackout there from was, Agents of Shield. Yes. How cool Holy is crap. that? Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I never noticed. In the bar, when she meets Fury, the actor mm-hmm. who plays Blackout is the bartender, and so they ask the producers, like, "Was he intended to be Blackout at an earlier time?" And they were like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> um, that's but, awesome. Isn't that cool? So, so they've, they're starting to do, and I think it's, I think it's, it's a, this, this, this universe is a living thing that they're moving back and forth with the fans. And I think they got so much pushback that they weren't getting these things tied together in the tight way we wanted that mm-hmm. I think that's why they're doing some of these small nods. We've been saying on the podcast for years, that's all it'll take is some small nods like that for us to feel validated. Yeah. You know, no one even noticed that blackout, like if I don't even remember what blackout looked like, I'd, fr- I found out after the fact, you know, yeah, so, I don't even remember anything about that episode except for Amy Acker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which should be of no surprise. It certainly won't be to my wife. I really want, I, uh, the, the, <laughs> there's stuff going on this season of agents of shield and mm-hmm. I, and there's a character that I just really wanted to be played by Amy Acker. Because it kind of would have made some weird sense, um, but I <laughs> is it like Sarge's wife or something? Kind of, or, or no, no. It's actually his. Uh, yeah, yeah. We don't actually know yet. Is is the answer okay. to that question? We, we there's there's like it's a mystery sort of. But this lady steps on the scene and she has some sort of connection to Sarge, who is okay. the the Nega Coulson or whatever. Uh, right. And Nega Coulson. <laughs> <laughs> what's really fun is this this character who I thought should be played by Amy Acker. Uh-huh. Is pulling off like, uh, brightly colored hair and sort of like, she's doing the real like villain sort of thing, which is mm-hmm. very much what Amy Acker did at the end of Angel, you know, when she took on uh, that, yeah. uh, that, Illyria. Uh, Illyria, yeah. So I was like, man, if, if, if that would have been such a great weed and throw out if Amy Acker had played this. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that is yeah. really deep nerd stuff right there. And you have to be fans of those specific things to care. So <laughs> let's move on right. so, to uh, fall 2020 Falcon and winter yeah. soldier, Falcon and winter soldier, man. Uh, I, I'm excited about that. Um, I am mostly very excited because they're, they're going to do Baron Zemo, but they're going to have him in, in the like, comic book accurate costume, which is strange to me. Yeah, that is, that is weird. Um, I don't know why the Baron Zemo we met would put on that costume. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a feeling that Daniel Brühl will not be in that costume the entire thing. Like I think that oh probably not. No. It, just, just like they did with Luke Cage and Jessica yeah. Jones and uh, Hellcat and all these characters. Uh, I think they will have it for a moment in the comic book appropriate costume just to give that nod. Mm-hmm. I doubt he's going to be in it the entire movie the show. Right. Or like, unless there's some really weird explanation as to why he wears that the whole time. (laughs) I'm just, I'm very excited about this new phase of these shows because it's going to be so connected. Like you said, it's in the slate, man. Yeah. It's in the slate. No getting around it now, guys. Looking at the 2021 slate is insane because there's three big budget movies and two big budget, like Disney plus shows. And, and the, you know, one of the exciting things to me is this slate, I feel like, opens up, up uh, certain possibilities. They are leaning so heavily into the multiverse concept now that even if the Netflix series, even if they want to come back and say, like, okay, well, now we have a new Daredevil. 
And people are like, what? No. We're like, hmm, we're doing multiverse, baby. Right. It's still connected. You know, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel I feel like it's weird. And I feel like multiverse is how they're going to bring in X-Men and maybe Fantastic Four. We'll see. They talked about it a little bit mm-hmm. with, with, with the mutants. And, yep, girl. And he said it's going to be a very different version than we've got in the past. Yeah. And yeah. I think they might just embrace, like, mutants as a brand new thing. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm, I, I'm mm-hmm. hesitant to go all on, all in on the multiverse just because it starts to feel, at some point, multiverse starts to feel like nothing has stakes. You, you say that. But, you know, uh, you know, we're about to see Crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW shows. And as much as as many problems as I had that with the with those shows, oh, my God, total yeah. stakes. Yeah, uh, it's very possible they'll pull it off. But I, I just find if anyone could, it would be Marvel, man. I, mean, I, I agree. <laughs> and as long as you're ma- taking care that you're following a character through those universes and you're caring mm-hmm. about a certain character, like it, it'll work. Um, it's yeah. just a matter of making sure you're doing that. I mean, I, you know, I do think that there is a uh, there is an amount of stakes that have been lost because, like, as, as we'll talk about in a minute, we're going to have a Loki series, and they have confirmed it is the Loki from Endgame, not our Loki. Right. Which, what does that mean? Because that the problem that I have with that. Is the writers don't the writers and directors of the movie don't seem to agree on how time travel and alternate universes work. That's right. So <laughs> I'm a little worried they're just going to say, "Yeah, that Loki escaped and now he exists again in our universe," and then that ha- I have all kinds of problems with that. Unless they do some sort of magic, I I think there's going to be plenty of that. Uh, let, let, we'll get to that. Yeah, let's get to that. Um, November 8th, 2020, we get the Eternals, uh, Jack the King Kirby's uh, glorious, triumphant uh, saga that I don't think ever actually got finished. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think he got to do everything. Or maybe I'm thinking of New Gods. I, I always confuse the uh, the backstories of, of when and, and how he was coming up with those. Um, but they're both being made into movies, so mm-hmm. yay, King Kirby. A lot of Kirby on screen these days. Absolutely. I am excited about that. And I I was in love with um, how much Kirby love they put into uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, for sure. Um, with, with the design work in the backgrounds looked like uh, Kirby designs. And um, a lot of the way that they uh, rendered the uh the energy effects in that movie looked like the Kirby Crackle. I think that's probably in my top 3 favorite MCU movies and hmm. I feel a little funny because I think that uh, a lot a large part of that is because of <laughs> how much love they gave to to Kirby in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I don't keep up with Marvel news. Like I was so excited uh on Saturday because all the Star Trek stuff dropped and then like I had forgotten Marvel was even at Hall H because right. sometimes they don't really go there. They sometimes they wait to D twenty three, which apparently they're gonna still go and kind of 
They'll release some more stuff there this yeah. this year. I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure with your, you, me and you both uh, do the Star Trek podcast, and then you do the DC on Screen podcast. So you have like mm-hmm. literal professional interest in like making sure you follow all that stuff. And so the Marvel stuff you just hear when you hear. Yeah, and also I kind of like to not know things. <laughs> I totally get that. Because like like Marvel is my haven for just non spoilers. Like I just go and I'm like, what? What is happening? This is crazy. <laughs> They're doing that. Crazy kids. So I don't know. Uh, maybe you know because I mean I'm so far behind on on some of the stuff that you guys talk about on this show that I've kind of gotten behind on listening. Um, because I don't listen. I mean, I don't watch uh, Agents of Shield right now, or I'm I'm really behind on that and all the Netflix shows. And there's so much stuff I haven't watched. Yeah, we're a little behind on Agents of Shield. I'm caught up on watching it, but I am not caught. We're not caught up casting. We were supposed to do that today, but Jeff got sick, so we're just yeah. going to be able to do this episode today. Was now had they announced uh, previously all of these people who were in the Eternals? Uh, most of them, I believe. Most I, of them. I'm not totally sure. I know Camille Nanjani had been announced. Um, I like that cat. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, he's, uh, he's a real, he's a real, a real cool guy. Good, good artist. Real funny. Um, I am excited to see Brian Tyree Henry in this thing. I, that guy is blowing up. He's going to be in the new Joker movie. He's in the new Child's Play reboot. Um, he's Paperboy on Atlanta, which is where I primarily know him from. I love Atlanta. It's a fantastic show. And yeah, it is. I guess it's probably not coming back anytime soon because Donald Glover and Brian Tyree freaking Henry won't stop doing shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, you know, Salma Hayek. I mean, there's just a lot of Angelina Jolie. Who the hell knew she was going to be showing up in a in a Marvel, Marvel. movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 to be perfectly honest, I know some of those people had been mentioned or rumored, possibly, but I don't know mm-hmm. which one. But getting them all confirmed was cool. Yeah. So Richard Madden from Game of Thrones. Yeah. What the hell, man? So that's our that's our first uh, that's our first next year that's the next year what we'll be talking about on this podcast. There's also going to be another uh, season of Agents of Shield, uh, which they announced is wrapping it up uh, mm-hmm. for the for the show. So 2020 will have uh, you know Black Widow in May. Uh, probably around that time they'll release the next series of Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, the la- the final season, and then we'll get Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then Eternals, and that will be our year in November. Uh, and I, I, I'm not, and I'm not sure. I'm sure Cloak and Dagger is probably coming back, and um, other things like that. But we'll we'll just have to wait and see about some of those. I'm not mm-hmm. totally sure. Uh, but the, that's that sounds like a pretty good year. Uh, it's it's a light year for Marvel compared to pre- every year recently. <laughs> They've done three movies a year for a long time. The Eternals is probably going to be a pretty big-ass movie, honestly, as far as just production. Who knows if it – I mean, I'm sure it's Marvel. It'll probably blow the hell up, but – Yeah. Do we know who's directing The Eternals? Um, No. I, I, I Well, let me see. Um, oh, uh, Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Whoever that is. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm gonna look her up because I, that that's the thing that to me will 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 matter most about setting up the Eternals as a thing that I care about. Because you know, I, I'm 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 all with you that you know it being Jack Kirby's mm-hmm. vision and all this stuff like that's really cool. But I don't know it and don't really care too much. I guess 
Yes. It looks like she did songs My Brother Taught Me, The Rider. She has a couple in post-production, including Eternals, and some shorts. She has not done much. All right. Well, hopefully that means they picked someone that has a artistic vision, you know? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I want. As opposed see. to a Wanda vision. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to join you in laughing because you're laughing. Wait, pl- plenty for both of us on that one. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's one of those things where like I enjoyed my joke, but then I enjoyed even more how dumb it was. Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I felt the only way to respond was to to, to neg you on it. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you did the right thing. <laughs> That was God's work. (laughs) So, what we got in 2021? February 12th, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This is very exciting. This is very exciting. I don't know Shang-Chi very well. I remember him from a few uh, stray X-Men stories uh, uh, from the 90s, and I know he was from before that. I just don't know him very well. But But the Ten Rings... The Ten Rings... And the real Mandarin? Yeah. That's that's what that's what we've been waiting on a long time. I know a lot of people have been like, what real Mandarin? I've heard a lot of people and they don't bring it up, but in Hail of the King, I think it was called. Yep. Wasn't it called that's that? Correct. The short film on the Iron Man three Blu-ray. We see uh Trevor Slattery uh get in a bit deep with the actual Mandarin. Uh and we don't actually ever see the real Mandarin. We just know that he's out there somewhere. Yeah, and he doesn't like that Trevor used his name. Mm-hmm. And and we've been seeing <laughs> Ten Rings tattoos and such. Uh, first in Iron Man One, there there the mm-hmm. Ten Rings tattoos on the men who capture him in the cave. Yeah, and in Ant Man, there are Ten Rings uh, tattoos on the Hydra operatives. Who are, who are working for, um, uh, I forget it, I forget the character's name, but Yellow Jacket. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I can't, I, yeah. But I can't remember his name. Jeff, that's one thing Jeff would probably have, and I don't have it. I don't have <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the big headline to me on that one is, is the Ten Rings and seeing, I, I, I'm wondering how much they will align that with Hail to the King. If that will be what they go with, that sort of, if that's the Mandarin we're getting, or if they'll retcon Hail to the King. Not that we really met, we didn't meet him, so. No, we didn't meet him. But so, but, but like, the, my point is, if they'll make it line up with that. Like, if we meet a Mandarin who is just becoming the Mandarin or something like that, then that won't line up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on what time period it's set in. Sure. And, you know, I don't know anything. I don't either. I, he looks like an older guy. Um, yeah, that's true. They could have like the kind of origins of the Mandarin or something like that and go back to the f- whatever. Tony Long. Cool. He's been in a ton of stuff. So neat. Google's got like five entries and it says view 45 plus more. Ooh. Holy crap. Crazy. Okay. And then we've got Simu uh, Louis or Lou maybe as Shang-Chi himself. Again, I don't, I'm not excited about that. I'm excited about Mandarin. I don't know this guy. I don't know the character very well. Uh, so that's that's where I'm coming from. And it's directed by D- uh, Destin Daniel Cretton. Uh, yeah. I do love a well-done kung fu movie, though. And I, I can take him or leave him. 
<laughs> Spring 2021. This one I don't know how I feel about. I'm down because they've earned all the, you know, benefit of the doubt. But WandaVision, I don't know, man. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, well, I've heard that it looks like the 1950s. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've heard that Kevin Feige has said that it's a strange show. Um, I am very excited about it. Uh, Paul Bettany has said he doesn't even know if he's alive or dead in this thing, uh, or how this <laughs> happened. It's a, it's a ways away. You know, and TV shows don't get filmed that far in advance, so it's it's very yeah. possible they just don't have much on this yet. And we we've we have uh, Teona Paris uh, playing an adult Monica Rambeau from uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, I was really I'm really excited about that. So, here's the thing, though. They said that the next thing on our list that happens May 7th, 2021, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, love that um, title. Oh, I love it so much. There is such a, 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 a retro pulp pastiche. I love it so much. It makes me happy in places I didn't know I had. <laughs> I feel like this entire slate has that sort of retro pastiche it, thing going. Me too. Fal- even 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 Falcon and Winter Soldier feels that way. A little bit. Um, but Falcon but and Winter Soldier feels very seventies to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, One Division feels very nineteen fifties. And talking uh, about retro, the Eternals is going to have that Kirby vibe. It's going to mm-hmm. feel that way. This entire slate yeah. is feeling sort of. And I mean, even even uh, even Black Widow is a is a spy thriller. Like these are all sort yep. of. Uh, it all feels very. And lo- of course, Thor: Love and Thunder, which we haven't even gotten to yet. But oh, man, that looks brilliant. Um, so yeah, okay. It, it, people are like, "How is it in the 1950s if it happens after Endgame?" Uh, one, one does a reality bender. Hmm. Traditionally, in the comics, she, uh, when she experiences grief, uh, shit happens. Uh, <laughs> one of the things, uh, when she lost her children, uh, she created the House of M reality. She warped the entire world into being mutants everywhere and 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 Magneto ruling everything, pretty much. And then at the end of that, guess what? She said, "No more mutants." Yep. Which devastated the the mutant population so given that and given mm. that they've mentioned <laughs> the, that mutants are coming uh-huh how likely do you think given that it looks like uh, this show might introduce her reality bending powers she's going through grief she might uh-huh. get her reality bending powers I mean, I think it's probably the way that Vision comes back. I wouldn't be, I would not be surprised if we see Pietro uh, show up as well. Yes. What I'm thinking, even bigger though, could this be how they introduce mutants? Now, I absolutely think is is a is a possibility, and because you're going to want to keep the the backstory of of mutants. And uh, any kind of reality bending is just going to probably create some sort of alternate reality. It just—I don't see how it wouldn't. Because, and they say that this Wandavision show plays very strongly into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And 
she is going to be uh, co-starring with Doctor Strange in that film yes. with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. So what if he's trying to put right the universe that she shatters or something like that, you know? Or like Possibly. She, she does something pretty insane, and then by the end of this, we have the world back, but mutants have existed all along or something like that. Yeah, but she she's a mutant, but she her powers play into magic very, uh, very strongly. Right, so, and she's not a mutant uh, technically in this universe yet because mutants aren't thing of course but like yes in the comics so i don't know i don't know man i i think it i think it's uh <laughs> probably a pretty good bet that if they don't mention it it'll at least be teased and this the one division and dr strange and the multiverse of madness will be a uh a stepping stone to it or a catalyst yeah i'm interested to see how if, if those seem by just talking about them, knowing that Elizabeth Olsen's going to be in both and knowing that with her reality bending powers and it's called multiverse of madness, how, how much are you going to have to see WandaVision to understand Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness? That I'm, I'm curious about that because they've always done a good job of making the movies stand alone without having to watch the television shows. I have complete faith and I think I can see it. Like you would, you know, you would think that a lot of different things that they've, they've already made that you would like, Oh my God, there's no way they're going to be able to make this movie without this. And then you can come in and go, Oh yeah, they could have done that. Yeah, absolutely. I can see not having seen Ant-Man, even though Ant-Man is coming, you know, back and in, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, 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 I totally agree. It's different though to me a little bit. It might be for the same reason they're so connected. They've never been. This important to mm-hmm. the overall universe, and it it excites me, but it also makes me curious how they're going to handle that, and if they have to, and if they're going to continue doing it how they have always done it. Where uh, I think they're trying really hard to get people to subscribe to Disney Plus. Like I think they're gambling big. Yeah. I think part of they finished Endgame, and they that's their big art piece, and now they're like, all right, how can we leverage our Marvel universe? <laughs> Which, you know, I, I don't want to be too pessimistic about it, but it is a little, uh, mm, I don't know, a little, little, little leveragey. They're leveraging their, their beloved Marvel Universe to be like, all right, everybody, you love that thing we did for 10 years? Pay us. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see it as any kind of a gamble. They would, they, if they didn't put any Marvel on there at all, it would still, be hugely successful. There's no right. way people well, the ga- are, the gamble are is, signing up for Disney Plus. My point is that the gamble would be if they make. I mean, if it weren't for Marvel, I wouldn't sign up for Disney Plus. I wouldn't care. I, there's very little Disney that I care about. I know they own a lot now, uh, but mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't sign up for Disney Plus. But Marvel is going to make me like. And the gamble is if they make. The WandaVision show, for instance, so important to the plot of Doctor Strange that you need it to understand the multiverse of madness or like to really get it, which I don't yeah. think they'll do. I don't think they'll I, do. Yeah. I don't That's think the gamble. That. That's the gamble I'm talking about is if they were to lean in so hard that you need to know what happened with Falcon and Winter Soldier to understand the next Avengers movie or whatever. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think, I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're probably right. That's that's the gamble I was describing, though. Yeah, um, I, well, I you know I I don't think that I don't think the general audience will will miss a beat if they don't see WandaVision. 
but uh, they know they've got enough Marvel fans. Most of us are going to check out that service. Obviously, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then we get another spring show. So spring 2021, we get WandaVision. And then again, mm-hmm. still in the spring. So this is going to be the same like three-month period. We're going to get WandaVision, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, and Loki. And I, I do want to point out, we have WandaVision, which is reality-bending. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, right after, which is Multiverse of Madness. We have spring 2021, Loki, which follows... A, an alternate universe version of Loki, and then directly after summer 2021, what if? Yeah. The entirety of 2021, mm-hmm. except for Shang-Chi, which we don't know what it is yet, is is multiverse. Like, yeah. the entirety of 2021. That's crazy. And what if, I? you know, I'm sure you guys have talked about those comics on this show. A little bit, yeah. Um, uh, fantastic. Uh, I, I love those those types of things. I love What If. I love the Elseworlds books over on DC. I love alternate universe type stuff. It's, it's one of my favorite bits of you know Mirror Mirror over in Star Trek. I just I, I love all of the multiverse stuff. Um, can't wait for this series. So many of the of the actors of the MCU have come back and said they're going to do this thing. So I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about multiverse and I know I sound down on it sometimes but the the thing about multiverse that worries me is um my favorite things all of my favorite things are one big connected universe you know what I mean Mm-hmm. I love, I love Buffy and Angel. You know, like I love that, how it all ties together. I love Star Trek. I love Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love how they make these big overarching stories. And you know, when Captain America is in this movie and he says, I can do this all day, that's the same Captain America who said that 10 movies ago, you know? Mm-hmm. And in, if you start introducing the multiverse, uh, you you are you are stepping away from that concept of one connected universe. I'm not saying it has to be bad; it can be great. And you, if you maintain that you're sticking with the same group of characters throughout, mm-hmm. which obviously, what if won't be? What if is what if to me is just fun. It's it, it's going to yeah. be for fun. I'm fine with it. Uh, I, don't, I yeah, don't. Absolutely. I'm not mad at that. I am a little nervous about introducing too much multiverse into my. Uh, into 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 my very connected, very solid universe. You know. Well, I think that's the way you're going to do it. I think that's the way they're going to they're going to play. And I've I've said this. I think every time I've been on the show in the last three years, which is probably three or four times, uh, there is going to come a day when they don't want to give up their universe, but they also want Iron Man back. Sure. And that's probably how they're going to do it because Reed Richards bringing in Fantastic Four and Phase Five, as, as they, they're talking about, like Reed Richards has freaking communication with hundreds and hundreds of Reed Richards and other alternate universes. He has a wall of screens where he just talks to all of them. They have like meetings and shit, right? Like, well, that, that's, that's there's you know, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see if they lean into that um, or not. I, I mean, I just, we'll I just see, don't know. but. You know, I'm just looking at the comics and looking at, you know, Marvel going total multiverse in this right. freaking 2021. I agree with you. They'll eventually want to bring back Iron Man. Great character, mm-hmm. great merchandising possibilities. But I also think that, like, uh, 
they know they they have been rewarded for telling a cogent creative story w- that had stakes. And yeah, and I still I, th- I think they still could. Like they could they could, you know, introduce, you know, they could do like a mashup and and grab the Ironheart character, like 15-year-old black girl and just name her Tonya Stark. Right. You have a new character even though that's that universe's Tony. Sure. And we still had our Tony. He still made the sacrifice he made. The stakes are still there. We're not getting Robert Downey Jr. back. I love it. I think it's fantastic. And, yeah. and I, think I we'll hope get, that's the way they go. I think we'll get some stuff like that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's just there's just such still a pretty deep bench, especially with the introduction of the mutants and the Fantastic Four in probably Phase 5. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to be a huge bench and of characters to pull from. And I just don't – I think they've got another 10 years in them before they would have to really start rebooting things. Not that they can't do versions of things or like like you said, bring in uh, Ironheart or obviously they're already doing Falcon, Captain America. Now, here's my question though. Are you – like because I'm not talking about reboots. You know, you could just bring in someone from an alternate reality. How much is it going to annoy you if we wind up with a sp- – a like a Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland team up. So that does it bothers me less if it's specific to the kind of aesthetic of the Spider-Man movie. And it's, I feel the mm-hmm. same way about the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, the Doctor Strange mm-hmm. movie from the very beginning has been about multiverses and how different dimensions interact. And so showing a Doctor Strange movie where they just really say, hey, here it is, multiverse, we're all in. Um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a little more fine with that. And Spider-Man has always, um, well, not always, but in the comics, there's a lot of multiverse stuff that goes on with Spider-Man as well. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of multiple Spider-Mens for multiple reasons uh, all right. throughout. And that stuff is kind of core to the character in a way that I think, like, if it's happening kind of in his corner of the universe, I, I'm, I'm a little more accepting of that. Um, I think... It's tricky to do a big crossover and into the Spider Verse, if you will, uh, with with those, just because they it basically canonizes those older movies. Which I think, if you're going to canonize any of the um, previous Marvel third party movies, mm-hmm. uh, that would be Blade. But if you're going to canonize another one, it would be Spider Man. <laughs> Yeah, I think Blade would be fun, and I know they're doing Blade, and that's exciting. That is super exciting, and Mahershala Ali yeah. is my jam. I love him, uh, and I'm really excited to see what they do with him. As you're, Blade. you're not upset that they're de- quote unquote decanonizing uh, Netflix by making Cottonmouth uh, Blade? Now? I don't think that decanonizes anything. That's the, that's the Thank same you. actor playing. I two don't roles. either. Uh, yeah. I, I agree completely. Uh, <laughs> the actors I haven't play two seen roles real sometimes. evidence. I haven't seen real evidence that they have just wiped Netflix from, you know, from the canon. So no. I, uh, I think that the Netflix universe happened. Uh, nothing. They never went so big with it that uh, they that you can't say that that just didn't happen in New York while all this other stuff was going on, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and nothing ever really, they could easily bring into those characters back. Apparently there's a time window and Kevin, Kevin Feige even came out and said, there's a lot of great characters. He'd love to do it, but they have, you know, contracts say that they have a while before they can use any of those characters. Yeah. And you, you know, we had, uh, Finn and we had Coulter. They, they both came out and said, you know, this is not the end. We'll, we will be back. Mm. Uh, so, uh, they they have they have to wait two years. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that a Disney Plus series or a Hulu series would be even better. Disney now owns all of Hulu, and uh, mm-hmm. they they're doing great with Cloak and Dagger over on Hulu. It is a great show. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's great. Like I I, I, I don't I haven't seen it. I've I've heard uh, I've heard differing opinions on that. I think it's wonderful. Um, I, I think it is like. It, it's way better than it has a right to be because I think it is a teen drama by like every measure, but mm-hmm. like they do really deep stuff. They tackle really interesting uh, problems, kind of real world stakes. The stakes are great. The uh, the way they've built the relationship between the two main characters is really wonderful. Um, I I find myself crying watching that show more than I feel comfortable yeah. admitting. Um, wow, okay. Because it's just like they do a really good job building those characters. So I, I highly recommend it. Um, cool. It's really good. Um, and, but but that's the thing. That's all. That's a Hulu original. And no, it's not actually. It's a free form that is on Hulu in, mm-hmm. in my area or whatever. Um, but they could easily move those Netflix shows over to Hulu if they kept the same creative teams behind them. And I think I th- think the way to do it is to do a Heroes for Hire show because Iron Fist has never been as good as he is with Luke Cage mm-hmm. and do a Daughters of the Dragon show. And then okay. just freaking and, and, and that way you can put Misty and Colleen together on their own show and then still have the shows interact, but give those make the delineation different, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that would be wonderful. And then. Uh, just move Daredevil over to the uh, the big the big stage. So does Jessica Jones fall in with uh, Heroes for Hire because of her love interest with uh, Luke Cage at some point in the books? Or? She could, she could, uh, she could do like she did in the book and just become his wife. No, I'm just kidding. That's I don't, I don't think that's a good idea for that particular <laughs> for this version of Jessica Jones. I don't think that would work. Um, I mean, she's pretty similar to to what was in the books. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that would work. I just don't think it would work for the character we've gotten these seasons to just like give up her like whole her whole thing and just become a housewife with Luke Cage. It would feel. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how housewifey she got. Oh, I've just, I honestly only I've never read the books, but I've just heard that there was a time where she like gave it. I think it was during uh, Civil War stuff, though. I think she like gave up being a hero during that time and just like raised their kid or something. Mm. Um, and so that was like so that may have just been specifically Civil War because of the uh, whatever the Registration Act or something. I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. totally sure to be honest. Um, I've just seen a lot of that story here and there when I'm looking, uh, I, I, I haven't read the books though. So who knows? I could right. be straight up wrong. I'm wrong a lot and people <laughs> let me know. So yeah, everybody let me know. Uh, well, you know, if you don't have a spleen, you have more room for a baby. That's, that's fair. That, uh, that's science. Yeah. I would like to see, <laughs> I would like to see, here, here's what I want to see. 
Luke, Luke <laughs> and Jessica get back together right before the blip. So. And, uh, and she gets pregnant. And that way, blips forward, and they have a super five-year-old. <laughs> All right. I don't know, man. I'm just... Yeah, just okay. Silly. Yeah, I know. I see. <laughs> I, I would really like to see how those characters deal with the blip. I'm still very curious as to... Um, are you how how caught up are you on Agents of Shield? Are you you just kind of uh, know? I I my wife watches Agents of Shield. I I have seen everything up to the end of season five, and then like four episodes scattered throughout this season. Okay, so you know they have yet to deal with the snap. Yeah, I do know they have, and I was going to ask you on this episode as like a little bonus, maybe somewhere. And I guess now is as good a time to sure. talk about it. How do they? How do they do that? Like, what have? Is this just a, an alternate reality now because of the time travel from last season? Or they have is, not touched on it at all. But I would not put it past them ending this season with the snap. Okay. Uh, now that does conflict slightly with something that Cassius I think said last season. No, one of the one of the one of the guys from the uh, whatever. The well, I saw the showrunner, one of the showrunners. I think I can't remember if it was Jed or Marissa or what, whoever was saying that uh, this whole season takes place in in a year between Thanos's initial invasion and the snap, Whoa. or something. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. There's not, yeah, a year, that, there is not a year between. I mean, we don't really know. I guess. Is is the answer, but I don't think that Peter Parker was on that spaceship for a year. Yeah, like it, you you could make and make that case with all the Wakanda stuff because that that uh-huh. there, there's like some time places you could put a time gap, but you can't really have Peter Parker disappear to space for a whole year and then then had the, his classmates never noticed or whatever. Could we headcanon it some way as to think that you know Cassia uh, saying that Thanos is already here could just be like a a lie? Hey, and then in a few. A lie or a uh, his agents already here preparing for the eventual invasion. I know they mentioned the weird stuff going on in New York. Yeah, the, the thing about that is the weird stuff going on in New York, that's all they say. So you could easily headcanon that away by saying, oh, they're talking about Daredevil or whatever. Like uh-huh. it could be anything. Anything happening in New York could be events of a Spider-Man movie or it could be, you know, whatever. Could be anything. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff has happened in New York. It could be the uh, the explosion of that building uh, in the Defenders or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there's lots of things that could be happening in New York. Uh, we all assumed because it came out the same week, and I think they intended us for us to assume that it was that. Now the thing yeah. that doesn't make sense is um, the 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 guy the Confederacy the representative of the Confederacy in Agent Shield says a whole thing about uh, how Thanos is here. He's already he's already here and he's already fighting your people, but that could have been a lie because um, mm. he's trying to convince Gravitron or Graviton. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, uh, yeah, Graviton. Graviton, thanks. He's trying to convince Graviton to Adrian Pazdar. Yeah, he's trying to convince him to do what he his bidding. Pazdar. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay. So it's possible that could be a lie. That's the only headcanon I can think of, uh, and it may not fully track. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to, I, and, and someone actually sent in, uh, we were going to cover it on our Agents of Shield episode. Someone sent in like a full transcript of that conversation so we could talk about it, which was nice. Um, Fair we'll enough. talk about it on our Agents of Shield episode next week. So look forward to this conversation happening with Jeff next week. Um, but those are my but two, those are my two head cannons. And in that case, <laughs> it's very possible that they will do the snap at the end of the season. Yeah. The other option is that they somehow change the change jump timelines when they went to the future. Yeah. Now I saw things that where they were saying that they decided to end season seven. Like then they came to the studio came to them and said, do you have an idea for season seven? They said, Nope. And then they were like, if we're going to do this, we just need to go ahead and do it and be done with it in the series on our own terms. And they went to back to the studio and said, we'll do one more uh, if we can end it. That's great. That's my favorite way of hearing about a show ending is when the creators yeah. want to end it. Cause I don't, I think for the most part, Agents of Shield has been a really good show, really strong. So I'm excited to see how it ends and, uh, yeah, should be, should be good. Uh, well, let's, let's keep moving down the list of, uh, right. we, 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 we took a long deep detour I know it. for Dr. Strange I and Loki, it. which Loki, I am st- and what if we talked about what if I guess the last if, the next yeah. thing uh so that's a what if happens in the summer it's going to be animated uh the mm-hmm. fall of 2021 so two two years and some change from now got uh, Jeffrey Wright doing the voice of the watcher which is pretty dope oh in what if that's right yeah mhm that is rad uh so fall 2021 we get hawkeye mhm but you know he's it looks like we're going to get a little bit of the stuff of, about him being Ronan and him training Kate Bishop. Yeah, that's cool. I, I dig the him being Ronan stuff should be neat. Speaking of, we also didn't mention Punisher earlier, and I want Punisher back, too. I want Punisher back bad. Yeah, I love that show. Absolutely. Um, but this version of Hawkeye, Ronan, feels a lot like Punisher. Um, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, it would explode my brain if Punisher showed up in uh, in in a Ronin section of Hawkeye. Wouldn't that be great? It would be so great. It would be over two years too, so they could totally do it. Just Punisher, <laughs> Punisher, Punisher. If you're writing that, please take please steal my idea. I'd love to see them. Like maybe they fight each other because they both think that the other one is wrong for what they're doing, but they just realize they're the same. Be good. Yep. It'd be good. Just one scene of them like fighting, and then they realize what they're doing, and they just laugh and they high five and they walk away. That's all we need. <laughs> uh, okay. November fifth, twenty twenty one. The thing I am probably most excited about on this entire list. Interesting. Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah. I was super excited a couple weeks ago when when it was announced that Taika Waititi was coming back to write and direct it. Uh, like I said, I love Ragnarok. I just love the hell out of it. And um, I was really excited. I, I I didn't realize I cared this much about Natalie Portman, but I was really excited that she's coming in as Mighty Thor. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Apparently today, Taika came out and said he wished people would stop calling her female Thor. I didn't read the article, but apparently that was the thing he said today. I don't know if like his the way they said it was misconstrued. I don't know. I guess she's Jane Foster, just with the powers of Thor. I don't know. It's weird. Well, she uh, her he 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 gave a correction and said that her name is Mighty Thor. That's that's 
Oh, that is, is that what, her what designation to differentiate Thor Odin's son from Mighty Thor. I get it. So she's not just yeah. female Thor. That feels right. She's Mighty Thor. She's Mighty Thor. That's rad. I dig. And it. when she became when she became Thor or Mighty Thor, Thor started just going by Odin's son. Okay. Cool. But yeah, I I'm really excited. I always thought it was a it was a waste of Natalie Portman to not do Mighty Thor. Yeah, um, I do really and, love uh, Natalie Portman in a lot of things. I have not. I, I, I she's bit she's gotten the short shrift because she's good in the first one, but their relationship is so underdeveloped that it kind of pisses me off. Like she, yeah. their relationship is why I don't like the first Thor movie, and I, I that's that I, I should take that back. I don't not like the first Thor movie. It is the big problem I have with the first Thor movie. Well, you know, I I, I don't. It is as underdeveloped as most uh, love interests are in most movies. Yeah, except and here I, I've made this case on the cast, but it's been a couple years, so I guess I can make it again. Uh, no good. <laughs> In the, reruns in the, <laughs> it's a clip show everybody i'm going to replay this moment from 2014 uh is, mm-hmm. there's a moment that pisses me off so much in in thor the first thor movie mm-hmm. and it is loki has just taken everything thor loves and he's basically destroying his entire planet like he's mm-hmm. he's taken over. He's like got he's got his father in the deep sleep or whatever. He's 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 destroying every everything that Thor knows and loved his entire life is at risk. Uh huh. And he's losing the fight. And Loki says something about how he's once he gets finished with Asgard, he's going to go down and visit Jane. Uh-huh. And that's what makes Thor rally. And like get up and be like, no, you won't. And it pisses mm-hmm. me off so much because Thor has visited planets for centuries. You know, he's like an old being who's visited planets and done all these things. And he's like been saving Asgard and saving people. And then he met a girl he finds attractive and they didn't develop their relationship. They developed his relationship with, uh, uh, the, the older doctor way more than they did with oh, Jane yeah. Foster. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, I agree. And then at the end of the movie, it's Loki saying he's going to go go hurt Jane. That's the thing that makes Thor fight harder. And it was just to mm-hmm. try to make make it seem make the relationship seem important. And to me, it just seemed like the exact problem with like Hollywood always having to throw in a relationship. You know, they just have to throw yeah. in a love interest, and it just didn't need it. His entire world is at risk. His brothers like you know, threatening the throne or he's like taking the throne and everything like just, he he should be ready to fight, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That bothers me. And then Thor, the dark world is just not very good. And so Natalie Portman, the two major movies she's in, I think that's the only two movies she's in. Uh, they're just, I don't really like what they did with her character yet. So I'm excited to see it in Taika Waititi's hands because I think it'll be way better. I agree. I am. I am not a huge fan of those two, those first two Thor movies. I, I really love the third though. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I'm not a fan of the second one. I like the first one. I like how it sets up his character. Um, but I, the third one is where he, you know, he found his voice. Thor, Thor figured, yeah. they figured out Chris Hemsworth was funny. 
and uh, and they leaned into it pretty hard. The only thing I don't like about Ragnarok, uh, this is a case I've made on the podcast before too, is I don't think that Taika Waititi is amazing at at having emotional stakes um, as much as well. I think sometimes his humor is a little too jokey to the point that I, I have a hard time feeling the feels when certain emotional beats happen in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I've I've heard that complaint. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm willing to make the trade. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am too. Honestly, I I liked it so much. Although I rewatched Thor Ragnarok, and there's some more. There's some interesting, deeper stuff going on there that I hadn't mm-hmm. really uh, realized before. Uh, the thing that is happening there, in, in my mind, is that Thor is realizing that his heroes are bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that's the real arc of that movie. And I don't know, I, I, it, him losing his father didn't hit me like I felt like it should. But on a rewatch, I actually really appreciated the way that he realizes that his heroes are bullshit. The, 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 the lore he's been told his whole life is bullshit. And in that, he finds his strength in the like sort of truth of that. Mm-hmm. And he finds, uh, he finds his own power and who he is. He's, n- he's no longer looking to live up to who Odin is because he realized even Odin was a flawed man. Mm-hmm. And so then he becomes his own man and that's when he can harness lightning himself. He's no longer relying. To me, it's less about relying on the hammer and it's more about relying on the lore and the, the legend that is his people and his father and their the way that he thought his father lived his life and that's now been destroyed and when that ceiling falls and he sees the war like Odin that existed before you know mm-hmm. I thought I thought that that all resonated a lot more with me on the second watching yeah I can see it it resonated pretty heavily with me the first watching I was just I was down with it man I was down with that whole movie I think for the most part I love it, it it's it's the one of the most fun but for me you got a guy like James Gunn over there making Guardians and it's like all of the fun for me that the the, the Taika Waititi movie was but it also makes me like weep at the right moments you know Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, that that's why I look at a lot of people when now it, it's not even an issue anymore. But the main reason I had this conversation in the past is when people were like, "Just let Taika Waititi do uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. and I'm like, mm, "No, he's not the same. He's good, but he's not the same." You know, yeah. it's not just Guardians movies aren't just about being like really fun. Which is, you know, Taika Waititi said, "I'm not the same thing as James Gunn." Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. we're friends. He should do it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um. All right, so phase five. Yeah, phase five. We we got a little taste of phase five, and uh, they brought out uh, Mahershala Ali as, and he's going to be Blade. And uh, <laughs> that Wesley Snipes has released a lot of stupid things. Well, what did Wesley Snipes say? Well, he was like, oh, man, much love, and, you know, it's not a big thing. You know, he's just being stupid and, like, trying to play it off like he doesn't care, and, and like, he thinks that, like, I mean, he, obviously he digs Ali, right? Like, sure. he's being supportive of that guy, which is cool, but then, like, 
quoting his own movies and being like, "Hey MCU, haven't we been through the, down this path before?" and and you know, just kind of being like trolling him a little bit. And he keeps referring to his Daywalker click. The people who were upset that it's not him. I, I don't know. He's just like he was incredibly gracious at first, if not douchey. Uh by trying too hard to write slang. Right. Sounds like you have a and problem then, with it either way, though. <laughs> I don't know. It, like, yeah, yeah he, he should just be gracious. Like, that's fine. I'm, just, I'm not a big fan of Wesley Snipes, though. So. Right. I, not, I mean, he was fine as Blade. I just don't like him. Right. I guess I don't know anything about him. Um, but. Well, uh, he's a dick. All right. <laughs> I just don't have any. I don't have any any knowledge of Wesley Snipes beyond the the roles, and he's good. Yeah, he was great as Blade. I do think those movies would like if they wanted to bring in the Blade movies as canon. I think they could work. Like I like I like those movies a lot. I think they had the most Marvel tone of any of the, mm. the, the those and like I said, those in Spider Man. I I wouldn't mind them being a part of the multiverse, right? Well, they are. That's official. That's right. The one thing about if if they did somehow bring in the original Blade movies, I would love to see Hannibal King come back and it be Ryan Reynolds and for Deadpool to make fun of that. <laughs> That'd be good. Or just but, just um, have. I'd like to see Deadpool fight alongside Blade at some point and maybe a, a joke be made. Does it seem familiar mm-hmm. to you? <laughs> <laughs> Could be good, man. I that's that's. I really hope they're able to maintain Deadpool in this new incarnation. Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. Deadpool. Like I don't oh, see I've, why I've, they wouldn't. No, I've heard they've. I've read they they are going to several times. Have you? I have not read anything official about that yet. I've read okay. people saying it could happen. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I don't keep up with the news as much as I could. I basically get all my news from. Jeff on this show. So, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, they haven't made official YouTube announcements, videos. but right. I'm pretty sure Deadpool's sticking around. I think Ike was saying that, uh, that Deadpool is definitely going to be around for a while. Good. I really hope that's the case. But, um, well, yeah, yeah. Feige says at the end of the, all the announcements at SDCC, we didn't even mention that we're making Black Panther 2, crowd erupts. He says, we didn't mention that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is coming. We didn't even have time to talk about Captain Marvel 2, by the way. I didn't even have time to talk about the Fantastic Four. And there's no time left to talk about mutants. (laughs) What a troll. What a troll. Please. Now, there's plenty of shit that they are not telling us because they, like, in a subsequent interview, Feige was saying, like, they actually, like, argued back and forth about whether or not they should release four and five. Wow. They definitely should have. I'm sure we'll find out soon. Maybe they'll release five at whatever. I doubt it. We'll probably get a couple movies before they release anything else. He did say that this, what he really, what they, you know, uh, announced here at SDCC is the final phase four slate, even though there is, it is the complete slate, I should say. But he said they, they did say that, uh, you know, just like with the El Capitan slate, obviously things can change. Things yeah. can move a bit. Uh, so it, it may not be, you know, 
as seen on package when it comes out. But <laughs> right, I have a feeling yeah. there's there's very little time to change these. I feel like I, I mean I think Black Widow and all of these uh, Disney Plus shows seem like they're going to happen. They're next year. Mm-hmm. I mean they're already filming Black Widow. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Eternals seems like it's going to happen. I still would not put it past them to be like secretly making an X Men movie. Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past anybody. <laughs> no, I mean, like, Warner Brothers might be doing it instead of the Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you? Oh, you think instead of the Eternals? That's been a theory that's been bandied around a lot. A lot of people are, like trying to take the cast of the Eternals and see which X Men would they play. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but it, but it's next year. You'd think they would want to get that out there soon ish. But like, what if, what if they, we see all the stuff they're doing, we see them all on set making their movie, and then we find out it's been X Men all along? Hmm. But I, but I don't know. That, that, that's, uh, I could totally see, uh, I, I don't know most of the people in this movie. Like most of no, the actors. Angelina Jolie being the exception, obviously, in Selma Hayek. And, um, Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, and Kumail Nanjani. But other than that, I don't think I mm-hmm. really know anybody. I guess Paperboy from Atlanta. Yeah, Paperboy. Paperboy. Yeah. You um, don't know Lauren Ridloff? She was in a bunch of The Walking Dead there. Uh, Connie? She played Connie? I, I don't I don't remember who Connie is. Oh. Is she the deaf lady? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to look her up. Because I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Um, okay. So any, I guess that's, that's all, that's, that's the slate. And we, we kind of intended to run down the slate and then go back and talk about each thing, but we kind of talked did about that. everything. Yeah. Uh, we did not dig very deep on Black Widow. There's a lot of Black Widow news. Mm-hmm. Um, do we, is there anything specific on Black Widow you wanted to bring up before we, uh, close, close, close out the cast here? Well, I really like that David Harbour is in Black Widow. Me too. I like that he's playing the Red Guardian, and he says that he's basically like the the Russian counterpart uh, to Captain America, and but that he's so unknown that they get to uh, really do fun things, and there's a, a lot of an openness to their interpretation. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of what Momoa and and James Wan and and Zack Snyder got to play with with Aquaman. Because, you know, not a lot of people know that guy very well, so they could just kind of do whatever and no one's going to get pissed. Um, I love that they're, they're going to be talking about, they're going to be getting into Budapest. Um, like I said before, I love that Yelena's involved, uh, the other Black Widow. Uh, uh, man, I, I, I'm actually more excited about this than I thought I would be. Because, like I said, I just I haven't really paid much attention to it. I didn't even know Rachel Wise was still acting. Um, <laughs> she's been in a few things. She, I feel like she's always making movies. A lot. Of, she makes a lot of independent things. I'm always hearing about her. Yeah. I'm a big Rachel Wise fan. I like her. Oh, a lot. I know. I'm I know a you do. Big fan of Rachel Wise. Uh, and so I just you know my ears perk up whenever she's in something. That's not your ear. <laughs> 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 Oh, they said they're gonna. They said they're gonna touch on Budapest. Uh huh. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. And they actually they did release footage at Comic Con. Um, Brandon Brandon Davis over at ComicBook.com actually wrote up a description. Should I go over that or do you? Sure. Want to just yeah. Tell us the description. All right. 
Uh, he says, footage goes back to the Age of Ultron flashbacks, cut over to scenes from Avengers Civil War. Uh, she narrates and says she got this family because of it. She's made mistakes. She betrayed Tony by stopping Black Panther. The Marvel Studios logo plays, then Budapest. She goes in a spiral staircase, entering a room with a gun. I know you're out here, she said. Want to talk like grown-ups? She comes face-to-face with uh, Pew's character, I believe it's Yelena, uh, and they aim at each other as Pew backs into a kitchen. They end up in a fight with their hands, destroying the kitchen. Black Widow tries to hold her down and gag her with a towel, but ends up getting tossed over. Cabinets are destroyed. A knife is pulled. The score is reminiscent of the Winter Soldier appearing in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. A magnificent fight follows as in the living room as the women end up trying to choke one another out with a curtain. Natasha calls her sis, and they have a drink. Cut to motorcycle chases, gunfights, running through streets, jumping through windows. I got red in my ledger. I'd like to wipe it out. Taskmaster, complete with a logo on a shield and mask, takes shots from her and blocks them. The two fight on a bridge at night after a logo plays. They move very similarly. Mm. That that sounds good. Yeah, it does. Sounds real good. I I'm I'm I mean you know I'm on board. Uh, there's no mm-hmm. way I'm not on board for this, but I'm I'm really glad that she's going to get her due finally. Like my my entire my main thrust of how I feel about this movie is just finally. I I suspect that in I I suspect that this is going to be a a, a passing of the torch to uh, Yelena Belova. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know that I I don't know that there's a need for a passing of the torch. I, I know that we're going to find out there are. Is there a uh, need for a passing of the torch to Kate Kate Bishop? Eh. No, no, there's definitely not. Um, but I just don't know that we, I don't know that we need another black widow, but, but we may get one and that's fine with me. Um, I would be fine with it. I'd be fine with it. I don't really, like I said, don't really need it, but I'd be fine with it for whatever reason. It makes me more excited about it. Like hmm. it's not just going to be, I, I feel like it's not just going to be a, uh, a, a prequel, which, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of prequels. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, 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 th- I think is B- Budapest is going to be a prequel though, right? Like they're going to show flashbacks yeah. of it and stuff. So yeah, I like I like that they're going to go. Yeah. I mean, it is a prequel to Endgame, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But we're, it'll it'll be a little and, all know, over the place. Uh, I think David Harbor was, Harbor was talking about how it, in this movie uh, shows you a lot of uh, how she got to the point she was in Endgame, where she's willing to sacrifice herself like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that's going to have to do with. I'm really hoping Hawkeye is in this. I mean, the Budapest. So he's he is. Or he, they already announced he's in it, or no? I haven't heard an announcement. I, I haven't heard anything about him being in the movie. But the fact that it's going to be Budapest and her talking about how she, uh, it makes her sacrifice make more sense or whatever. I have a feeling that might be related to him deciding to save her instead of killing her in that old. Budapest or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was telling Jason, uh, my co-host at DC on Screen. I was telling him, I was like, Saturday night, I'm just sitting there, like, hitting refresh on my phone, waiting for them to announce John Bernthal's Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he'd be good. He would. He'd be a real good Wolverine. You but know, you know who I I'm actually Flash, is starting to gear towards with Wolverine. Who? 
a lot of a lot of fans have been uh, really uh, pimping the idea of Daniel Radcliffe. Weird. I mean, he's hairy. I mean, yeah, he's hairy as crap. He's a little short dude. He's kind of buff. He could get jacked. Uh, I've seen a lot of fan art for it. I'm kind of starting to think, like, you know, that could work in just, a weird way. I, I, I only know him from Potter, so it's really hard for me to imagine him playing that sort of a gruff character. I remember playing a complete asshole in Extras. Yeah, and he was playing but even, a version of himself. That, even that he's playing sort of, I don't know, what's what's a good word for it? He's just sort of high-pitched voice, sort of just sort of pib-squeaky. I don't know. Mm, he's, yeah. he's got that sort of nerdy vibe. I feel like I, I don't know that I see him as a Wolverine, but we'll see. It's weird because now we're getting all these people cast for these movies who are from the next generation. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, we're going to start getting all these, like, probably the next group of X-Men will be all people that I don't even know who they are. <laughs> oh, 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 I see what you're saying. I thought you meant, like, LeVar Burton was going to play Cyclops or something. Oh, no, sorry. Not that next generation. Because, you know, it makes sense because of his history with the visor. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that is about all, I think. Uh, for this old podcast about the San Diego Comic-Con announcements. Uh, yep. th- all of this stuff will be talked about a lot more in the coming weeks. I'm sure you all have thoughts on it. Get your feedback in. We're going to do as much feedback episodes as we can in these coming weeks, and we're mm-hmm. going to get caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next week. Um, so, well, we, uh, we've we it's been fun talking to you guys. Thanks for coming yeah. on, David. Uh, if hey, you, man. Thanks for having me. T- tell them where they can find you. Uh you can find me out behind the Captain D's on Route 12. Oh, DCOnScreen.com. Yeah. DCOnScreen.com or search search your podcaster for DC on screen. It's there. That's right. Uh, That's you right. absolutely should go subscribe to that right now. It's a really good podcast. Him and Jason are fun and funny, and they just cover everything DC. They basically do what we do, uh, only only slower. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know what? We on we we just dropped our Lucifer season four review because I finally got around to it, uh, and it was actually a pretty fantastic season, and we had a good time talking about it. Uh, but when we were recording, San Diego Comic Con was going on, so while the movies, the DC films, weren't at Comic Con this year. The TV shows were, and like crazy shit got announced. Like Brandon Ralph is playing Superman again, while also playing the Atom. Oh wow! Uh, and Wait, Crisis he's... on Infinite Earths. Oh neat! That's fun. And Burt Ward is coming back. He's going to be in Crisis. I hope as Dick Grayson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty. We're 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 pretty happy. We're pretty Man. we're, we're yeah. pretty excited. <laughs> I, that that makes me want to get caught up. Mm-hmm. But why? Uh, why they do this to me? <laughs> last year, last year I just watched the crossover. That's all I did because mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, I wanted to stay up on the crossover. Um, but it meant very little to me because I didn't know what was going on with any of the characters' lives. So I just like enjoyed the crossover for what it was. Yeah, that's one way to go about it. I just there's too much of it. I, I like keeping up with all the Marvel stuff. Um, and then trying to watch the other things that I really love. If they did 10 episode seasons or 13 episode seasons even, I'd probably still be watching them. But 22 episodes 
I, I just can't. I believe they are starting to go in that direction. Like Black Lightning, for instance, is like, you know, 13 episodes a season now. Okay. Uh, you know, I think Batwoman is going to be about 10 to 13. So I, th- I think they're slowly like, and you know, the new season of Arrow, the final season of Arrow is going to be 10 episodes. Oh, wow. Um, so, um, and and we are not ignoring the fact that that's pretty much going to wrap up right around the time Crisis on Infinite Earths comes out. So I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Seems like something might happen to somebody's character. Holly, uh, Holly, no. <laughs> you guys should absolutely check out DC on screen. Uh, you know, I know that uh, there's a little bit of a rivalry with Marvel and DC, but uh, when that new Aquaman two or Wonder Woman two or whatever comes out, or the Joker movie, you know you're going to be looking for the kind of content of people talking about it. So even if you don't want to like go and listen to uh, 500 episodes of DC on screen, like you should absolutely uh, go subscribe now so that when uh, when the next big DC thing comes down and you want to hear people talk about it, you can go find these guys. They're great. DC on screen, do it. Oh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. But uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. If you'd like to support the podcast, we have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash mcucast. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons over there. And speaking to them, we're probably going to be doing a lot of um, of our commissioned episodes so if you are a person at the three dollar level or above you can get a commissioned episode and uh yeah let us know what you're thinking because we're about to probably go into a stretch of uh only agents of shield being on the air so we're going to be doing a lot of those sorts of things in the off season so and we're, we're talked about uh possibly doing some of the uh, covering venom and spider-verse um, since it's, since, uh, Kevin Feige, apparently, I don't know if we said this on the cast yet, Kevin Feige, uh, announced that he is, he is acknowledging now that it is likely the Venom movie will connect to the Spider-Man, far from Spider, oh. Spider-Man Homecoming Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. Well, shit, that's disappointing. Uh, well, have you seen it? No, Venom? it looked awful. Yeah, I, I hear you, uh, <laughs> but it did really well. Uh, well, yeah. I heard from a number of people that it was actually good. I don't know. Okay. Most people, almost everyone I know, didn't see it. <laughs> like Jeff, right. Jeff says the same thing every time we bring it up. He's like, "Ah, oh, but why? Why would they even think about it?" And I'm like, "Did you see it?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> um, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna watch it and give it a shot. Probably that's fair. That's fair. Like I've heard I've heard people I trust go, eh, "It's 2004 good." Yeah, oh, that sucks. That's 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 pretty scathing indictment. I feel that way about every one of the X Men movies. Feels two thousand four good. Oh, not everyone. Logan is. Oh yeah, yeah. Logan's great. Deadpool's great. Far and above. If if yeah. you count those two, but I mean the X Men proper, like the the ones that are named X Men, whatever. Yeah, um, I still need are... to see the Dark Phoenix. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that yet either. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've seen every one of those in the theaters, and I probably missed Dark Phoenix because I it just fizzled for me. Do, my passion. Do for you want to? Do you want to know a mild spoiler? Uh, Maybe we'll mild. Give a spoiler alert to everyone else. Spoiler alert for sure. Dark Phoenix. Tell yeah. me your spoiler, my friend. I haven't seen it, but I've heard that at the end of the film, <laughs> a bunch of agents of like soldiers 
Uh, oh, come in with the come MCU and round badges. Up all yes, they have MCU badges. They round up all the mutants. Yeah, I did. I did hear that. I did. <laughs> that is that. the funniest shit ever. That to is me. super funny. That 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 maybe makes <laughs> may make it worth watching. Yeah, I mean, I have all of the X Men movies. Like I, I, I have all of them on on DVD or Blu Ray. I've seen them all. Uh, except for Dark Phoenix at this point, so I, I will get the Blu-ray. I just don't want to spend any more money on it other than that. Then you already you have know what to, I mean? Because of your compulsion. Yeah. But, like, you know, Logan is makes that franchise worthwhile in a lot of ways. I like a lot of them, but dislike some of them. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I th- and, and, and for their time, they were great. For, for 2001 or whatever, when the first one came out, or 99 or whatever it was, it was 2000. It, it, those are amazing movies for their time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But like when I watched Apocalypse, I was like, I feel like they have not developed since 2000 or whatever. Like this still yeah. feels like the same. The same. They're doing the same shit. Hmm. So I agree with you. Yeah. Mostly. Anyway, well, guys, thanks for hanging out. We'll be back real soon with uh, lots of Marvel content. Thank you, David, for coming on. Dave, check out David C. Robertson everywhere you get podcasts on the DC on screen. And, hey, our Star Trek Universe podcast. If you enjoyed this yeah. dynamic, this is exactly what we do over on the Star Trek Universe podcast. We just did a big we Picard episode. We talked about Marvel. Episode. Yeah, we just talked about Marvel. <laughs> uh, we just did a big Picard episode because there's the great Picard trailer out, which is we're mm-hmm. really excited about. Until next time, true believers. Thank you.